the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Third and final hour, the Jimmy Sangenberger Show, News Talk 710-KNUS, 303-696-1971, our telephone number. It's been a jam-packed program. We do have a few minutes that we can open up for phone calls. We have text messages, of course, you can send in. 710-KNUS app on your smartphone. Name in town, name in town, please, if you wish to text in. My thanks to Charmaine Lindsay of the Denver School Board for joining us in the last hour. We will be joined as a follow-up on our coverage of the goings-on in Little Woodland Park, Colorado, by David Illingworth, who is the vice president of that school board, a conservative school board in Woodland Park, in just a little bit as well. But the big news of the day, tragic out of Israel, quite scary, Hamas Overnight, well, overnight, our time, launched an attack, air, sea, and land, on Israel. Benjamin Netanyahu, the prime minister of Israel, has declared war on Hamas. We are at war, he said. At least 40 dead and more than 700 wounded, according to emergency services and Israel's health ministry. Fox News also reporting 198 killed in an Israeli counterattack. And there are also reports that some Hamas militants have crossed enemy lines, their enemy lines, into Israel. About 2,200 rockets were launched into the Jewish state from Gaza, according to the Israeli Defense Forces. Their spokesman hopes that, quote, there will be no more live terrorists in Israel by the end of the day. And U.S. officials are watching very closely as this is happening with Benjamin Netanyahu, again, the prime minister, set to speak soon with Biden, uh, the president of the United States, of course, according to U.S. officials. Uh, More details here from the Wall Street Journal on what's going on here vis-a-vis Hezbollah, the militant group, the Islamist group in Lebanon. Uh, They have given credit to this, which is not surprising. Hezbollah, according to Arab media, praising the operation by Hamas inside Israel. Hezbollah's leader, Hassan Nasrallah, said that it served as a warning against recognizing Israel. Moreover, Iran says it stands with the Palestinian fighters. An advisor to Iranian Supreme Leader Ali Khamenei said Iran supported the cross-border operation by Hamas militants, according to the Wall Street Journal. 
saying that Iran would stand by the Palestinian fighters until they had liberated the Palestinian territories and Jerusalem, according to a statement published by the state-run ISNA news agency. So Iran and Hezbollah both saying, we're totally on board with what Hamas is doing. This is great and wonderful. Don't normalize relations with Israel because we want them wiped off the face of the earth. Now, why now? The timing should not be seen as a coincidence. It is very intentional. As we reported earlier in the program, reading from the Wall Street Journal again from yesterday, Saudi Arabia has told the White House it would be willing to boost oil production early next year if crude prices are high, a move aimed at winning goodwill in Congress for a deal in which the kingdom would recognize Israel and in return get a defense pact with Washington, Saudi and U.S. officials said. That understanding is part of an effort effort to steal a three-way agreement that would also likely include U.S. nuclear assistance and represents a notable shift by Riyadh, which a year ago rebuffed the Biden administration request to help lower oil prices and fight inflation, severely straining relations. But let's be clear, the groundwork for a potential agreement, normalizing relations, really establishing formal relations in the first place between Saudi Arabia and Israel comes from the Abraham Accords of the Trump administration. I've said it before. Say it again. Say what you will about Trump. He deserved the Nobel Peace Prize for brokering that deal. And it legitimately set the table for this. Now, there are other motivations for Saudi Arabia, of course, with this possible defense pact and so forth, for them to come to the table and say, you know what, we'll do a deal. But that couldn't have been done without the groundwork laid by the Obama or the Trump administration in undoing the Obama policies vis-a-vis Iran and saying, let's bring the Arab countries to the table and turn U.S. policy toward the Middle East on its head, where we try and bring peace to Israel before we address the Palestinian situation on the ground as fervently. The idea used to be Israeli-Palestinian peace, then we go to the Arabs. The Trump team said, we're going to go to the Arabs first, get them to have peace with Israel, and then hopefully motivate the Palestinians to come to the table. So far, with Hamas giving an indication that peace is not working, but I think you need to look at it longer term. They're sort of acting out in the most violent of ways right now in protest of the changes that are happening. Back to the groundwork late. Saudi Arabia had to give the okay to the United Arab Emirates and to the other countries that normalized relations with Israel and to say, you know what, it's okay, go ahead and do it. They had to do that behind the scenes because Saudi Arabia is the power broker among the Gulf Arab states. And what it did was sort of build up, pave the way to legitimize Saudi Arabia. Oh, these other countries have done it first. Now the big dog on campus, if you will, relative to the other countries, is going to do it. You couldn't have had that without the deal, the Abraham Accords between Israel and the Gulf Arab states brokered by the Trump administration. And last point that I will raise, and then we'll move on here. Talks on a deal have centered on Saudi recognition of Israel, a move that could revamp the geopolitics of the Middle East in return for U.S. weapons sales, security guarantees, and help building 
a civilian nuclear program. An agreement would be a diplomatic coup for Biden. Uh, yeah, certainly would be an achievement and also building upon the Arab, uh, the Abraham Accords to be sure. Right now, the situation is dicey. It is perilous and it is deeply concerning as Hamas has launched an, a surprise attack on Israel. Again, 40 killed at least on the Israeli side, nearly a thousand injured, and at least 198 Palestinians have been killed so far in retaliatory strikes, more than 1,600 injured. And there are gunmen who had crossed into Israel. We will be monitoring the situation. I would figure Peter will as well. This is uh, this is tense, and uh, prayers are certainly welcome, as Netanyahu has said, Israel is at war. 303-696-1971 is our telephone number here on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. And let's go to Don in Colorado Springs. Good morning, Don. How are you? Good morning. And uh, did you get a chance to read that article that uh, KOAA uh, put yeah, out you, Yes, yes, I did. And that's actually the reason why I decided as the other school board person that I would have on this morning would be David Illingworth of the uh, Woodland Park School Board. Basically, this article was one of the stories about teachers union folks who gathered together current and former employees on Thursday to express their disagreement with the school board bringing in a more traditional approach to civics education in the so-called American birthright standards and also in the um, some of the changes that they've done as far as the budget for uh, mental health programs, at least supposed mental health programs. So much of it is uh, social-emotional learning, which is questionable in terms of its mental and, health value. And would, Go ahead, Don. And, and, and apparently it's also gender-affirming uh, surgeries and all that. And I just uh, brought up an article from KRDO, and they did, and I think they did get a quote from the superintendent on that. They did get a quote from him, so you might want to look up the story yes. at krdo.com. Uh, KRDO is the ABC affiliate down in Colorado Springs, and KOAA is the sister station yeah. of KMGH in Denver. Well, I I, I will know. say I do I do have his his full statement that he had put out, and um, I have uh, interviewed Ken Witt for columns that I've written as well. So, what what do you make no, of I'm, it though, Don? What is your uh, thought or what are your impressions of what's happening in Woodland Park, especially being there I in think, Colorado Springs, a neighbor? Well, I think it's basically uh, an attempt by those in Lagos, the American Lagos, especially up in Woodland Park, to kind of try to force that school district into the status quo of public education in general, which is to uh, tow the uh, leftist progressive line, which, I mean, many of our government schools slash public education hold to and this is and they see it as a system to create social change and i've been following education on this for a long time and and i see what the left wants to do with it and they they really see it as a conduit to create the society and worldview of the people through education and that's why education is important and why the left is going after your children so badly. I mean, I don't have children. I mean, I've been a single man, but I treat them as if they were my children. And these forces really want to uh, educate or indoctrinate the children into a 
worldview so bad. And I, and when mm. you see the uh, political upheaval in our country, hopefully you understand what the uh, sure. Well, I mean, the goal is is a, is a utopian society. I think. Well, they, Don, they think that they. They yeah. think they're going to do Marxism right for once. Well, but it's well let me jump in because be we're, we're tight on time and have another call to get to. But I will just say this, that uh, I think most teachers are doing their best just trying to educate kids the right way uh, with limited resources at their disposal and sometimes less pay, uh, like in Douglas County compared to other school districts. But when we look at the teachers' union, which is really behind what's happening in Woodland Park, uh, you're absolutely right. They have a political agenda, and that is why, bar none, they're going after Woodland, because they don't like a civics approach to, to social studies that is focused on a more traditional approach to social studies. And they also don't want, say, Merit Academy to succeed, because if if that succeeds amid a, which is the one charter school they have in the district, which is actually uh, increasing in enrollment and leading to an increase in enrollment net-net for the school district as a result of that charter school, if Merit Academy succeeds within the status quo of the rest of the district, then guess what? That's a win for school choice advocates and a loss for the union. Hey, Don, I appreciate the call at 303-696-1971. Let's go to the great American, Eric Manning in Stapleton. Good morning, Eric. How are you? Hi, Jimmy. Good morning, you great American. Jimmy, this is my take. I think Hamas got emboldened by Iran monetarily yes. from the Moors because of, I'm going to say this, Jimmy, because the stupid Biden administration gave up that $6 billion to pay Hamas to attack Israel. Because that's what, I mean, they got paid the, the billions. They say that it doesn't go to them. You know, it goes to the community. And it, yeah. you know, for the, the people well, in Iran. Eric, but, I, mean, I think. It's just coincidental, my brother. Well, that one, <laughs> that one may be, a, I, I think, a, a coincidence in that I don't think the Biden administration would ever say, hey, here's money for Hamas. But they should be. Uh, they should theoretically be smart enough to know, hey, you give them money and it's likely going to go to terrorists. And so, yes, exactly. they, they're gaining yes, access sir. to about six billion dollars in this deal to release five Americans. And of course, we know that Iran funds terrorists and we know that Iran is praising Hamas's attack right now on Israel. Stop you Biden and Obama. Stop giving cash to Iran, thinking they're going to do better, you fools. The dots have been connected by Jimmy Sangenberger. Hey, Eric. You, my brother. I, Much love. Go ahead. I, hey, hey, I didn't uh, get to listen yet to your hour in studio with Stefan, but I'm glad you were able to join him on the show yesterday. It sounds like it was a it hey. was a great time, and uh, and and I'm I'm looking forward to listening. Okay, God bless. Have a great day, my buddy. All right, you as well. Eric and Stapleton joining us. And I will say this as well. Finally, for avid listeners of the Stefan Tubbs Show, we have been talking for months about going to the Black Eyed Pea for lunch. And finally, he made good on it yesterday. I finally got to enjoy. I've been waiting. I told my girlfriend I have to wait until I go to lunch with Stefan at Black Eyed Pea finally happened she's happy we get to go back um well i've never been before and i'm looking forward to going out on a date with her at dinner at black eyed pea now that stefan and i went i will say i did try the banana pudding and i'm not a huge banana fan but i did like it i enjoyed it 
And not only that, I loved the salmon. No, I am not. He's not the Black Eyed Pea is not a sponsor of my program, but I will say it was delicious. Stefan and I had a great time. Uh, before we run to our break and then switch gears to Woodland Park and talk with David Illingworth on their school board, let's go to Jake in Castle Rock. Good morning, Jake. How are you? Hey, good morning. Great interview from the Denver school board person that you're talking you. to. Um, so T. Anderson, I understand, voted to have the uh, SROs, police officers, removed from the schools, especially the school where the young man shot two men and then killed himself. Let me, t- just to clarify a fact, just to clarify the facts there. In 2020, the school board that was in place at the time, which includes three incumbents, Tay Anderson, Scott Balderman, who now has said he voted in favor of bringing them back, um, and Carrie Olson, who also voted in favor of bringing them back, but they voted them out of schools in 2020. Uh, I wouldn't say especially. It was all the schools that had them, and Tay Anderson was the lead champion of getting rid of them. Okay. Thank you. So for every action, there's an equal reaction, and their action caused the shooting of two school employees and the loss of life of the young man. So I, 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 I th- Because they were searching mm-hmm. this kid for a gun. He, they found the gun, and then they were shot. Yes. And then he went outside and killed himself. I, I would phrase it as resulted in as opposed to caused in that you have a student who, who who did the action. But I understand where you're coming from because the policy made it much more likely that actually, let's just call it as it is. The policy encouraged students to bring guns to schools in record numbers. We keep seeing them coming in to Denver Public Schools, Jake, although I'm not sure how different it's been since the SROs came back in August. Um, my guess is it's, it's improved a little bit in that regard in the high school campuses that have them. But we had another incident at an elementary school with, with, with stabbing that happened among students. And that, that to me just shows you need armed security everywhere and really a stronger discipline matrix. No matter how you, you slice it, though, Jake, whatever terms you use, DPS has failed to provide safety for students in, an, in a safe learning environment. Okay, good. Good points. So he was ejected from Cherry Creek schools. Mm-hmm. DPS accepted him. Yes. So if I, for instance, today pick up, we have kids. And I decide to cut all the seatbelts out of my SUV and drive around with those kids without the SUV, without the seatbelts in the car. I'm directly responsible mm. for the lives of those youngsters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, I'm Good curious point. about what's, what these people are getting away with. And they're only getting away with it, but they knowingly knew that this guy had weaponry at Cherry Creek, because I know people that work there, and he was accepted at DPS. Mm-hmm. And he didn't go to the special school. Like Cherry Creek has a thing called Challenge School. It's at uh, Dayton and Mississippi, and that's where the kids that have trouble. There, or actually, there's kids, a different. You want to call it Challenge School is for the more advanced kids. There's another school. Well, uh, is it Jolie, Juliet or something? Yeah. I'm, I'm forgetting the name, you but there there is another school, and I, I do know that um, yeah. the uh, uh, DPS has a bunch of what they call pathway schools that's that this right. student should have gone to. That's right. Well, Challenge used to be at Dayton in Mississippi, and it's where the kids go that get in trouble or have learning problems or whatever. And, you know, we all had those. Um, when I was a kid, they used to call those schools special schools, right? 
And now this guy goes to uh, East Middle School. I wasn't far away from there when it happened. And, you know, Walk goes out in the parking lot. He's a young man that's confused, obviously, bringing a gun to school, shoots two innocent people that should not have been searching anyone. They're not trained to do that. They're uh, deans, actually. And uh, the, the young man's gone, and those two guys were shot. And I think the school board folks are directly responsible for what happened. Yeah, you know what? I, I think that you make a very strong case in that regard. I yeah. appreciate the and call, Jake. What's upsetting to me, one thing that I want to yeah, point out, real quick, is the look around and the overlook from local media. And thank you for what you all are doing about these factual situations that affect people's lives and those that are no longer alive because of mistakes that happen from administration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and and sometimes it's not mistakes. It is judgment calls that are just bad judgment calls. Uh, I appreciate the call, Jake. Thank you very much for your thoughts this morning on the program. I I do want to say, because I I double-checked, the Challenge School is and always has been for gifted and talented services. Um, and for more gifted schools, uh, described as a highly gifted magnet school. I, I have a, a family friend who used to work at Challenge School. Um, but there is a school, I think they have a couple of different schools in Cherry Creek for troubled kids like that. Denver should have sent the student at East to a pathway school or another route without a doubt. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger. We are overdue for a break. Keep it right here. David Illingworth of the Woodland Park School Board joining us next on 710 KNUS. Tommy Castro bringing us back. He was our guest along with Deanna Bogart in the first hour. He's coming back to Colorado, Colorado Springs, Denver, Greeley, and Boulder starting next Thursday. And I will be sitting in with them. At Ophelia's Electric Soapbox on Soapbox on Friday evening. Be sure to check that out and go back to the interview a little later when the podcast is up. It was a blast. It's always fun to talk to. Deanna was great as well. She's a saxophone star and tremendous keyboard player as well. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, earlier in the program, we had Tremaine Lindsay of the Denver School Board. Now let's do a 180 and go to conservative Woodland Park, which has been under attack by the teachers unions in a, quite a strong way for months. Going back to January of this year, when the Woodland Park Education Association, their teachers union, held a secret meeting in which they had, well, some of the things that were said include the following. The WPEA has filed for a crisis assessment uh, from CEA. If we get that crisis grant, there will be um, some additional funding coming our way. CEA is watching what's going on, and they recognize that we are in crisis. We've seen this same fight get fought across the state. We saw it fought in Jeffco a few years ago. It's being fought in Dugco. It's it's being fought in Pueblo. Um, We're fighting it in Colorado Springs in Air Academy School District. We're fighting it in Colorado Springs District 11. This is happening in Chris D49. This same fight is happening, but I will tell you that I have reached out to some of my contacts at all these other schools, and they said, yes, Nate, if you need our help in any way, shape, or form, 
let us know and we will be there to support you. And so there were other teachers unions, including the Pikes Peak Education Association and the Colorado Springs Education Association at this meeting. We've been covering it on this program and in my columns for the Denver Gazette throughout most of this year. And as a follow up, because there was an event held by the teachers union on Thursday, I am pleased to welcome back to the program to discuss this by uh, David Illingworth. He is the vice president of the school board and also himself running for re-election. Good morning, sir. Welcome to the show. Hey, good morning, Jimmy. Thanks for having me on. I, I want to ask you, before I play a clip here that shows what happened on Thursday, we had a listener call in in the last segment, sort of teeing this up uh, a little bit. Uh, what is going on in Woodland Park right now? I mean, we've seen national NBC News do a story a few months back. We have seen uh, local news cover it a bunch um, as though there is something dastardly happening in Woodland Park. What's your take? Uh, We have restored the parents' rights uh, within the public education and made sure that we treat our parents with respect. We're empowering parents, not enriching teachers' unions. And that's apparently a pretty revolutionary idea to the teachers' union. That's why you got uh, that union president there saying they're in a crisis mode. They're in a crisis because they're no longer in charge. Parents are in charge. One thing that is notable, I think, is that you have Merritt Academy, the first charter school in Woodland Park, uh, has been doing well and has been bringing in students, additional students, and leading to a net gain for the first time in years for Woodland Park School District. And, I mean, just speaking quite frankly, the teachers' unions aren't a big fan of school choice. And so when you look at the success of a charter school – Amidst the, what is otherwise in many respects sort of the status quo, if that succeeds, then that's a problem for them because it's shaking things up. That's my view. Yeah, I agree with that. Definitely in Merritt Academy has definitely proven that here in, in the Woodland Park School District. First ever charter school in Teller County. And it's uh, really rejuvenated the district and really got the heart beating again, putting us on the path to success. I think that the motivation that can come from that and sort of shaking things up uh, is a positive. But, of course, there is pushback from the union. And we saw that on Thursday at an event here, CBS Colorado, covering the Woodland Park teachers gathering together for or at least teachers union gathering together. Now, yesterday, teachers and staff gathered to protest the changes they say are amounting to a, quote, witch hunt. Eighty one teachers and staff signed a letter expressing these concerns back in January. Woodland Park became the first school district in the country to implement civic standards called American Birthright that had previously been rejected by the state board of education. The district also opted not to renew over a million dollars in grant funding that was used to support student mental health. I left a teaching position I loved because I could not stand by and watch Ken Witt and the school board ruin Woodland Park's school district. The current school board's callous decisions have negatively impacted the learning outcomes of students receiving special education services. Schools are a service industry, and we are no longer servicing our students adequately. This board wants students to fit into perfect little molds 
and to not think for themselves, ignoring, insulting, and underservicing any student that doesn't fit that mold. David Illingworth, is that what the district is doing? They want to enforce a mold, no critical thinking for yourself. And is this about uh, cutting mental health services so kids have to suffer as a result and American birthright standards is going to be circumventing a quality education on social studies? Is that what's happening? No, that's ridiculous. I mean... The birthright in American birthright standards is freedom, freedom to be yourself, freedom to pursue happiness. And I mean, it's the ultimate irony to have uh, teachers union people bemoaning somebody trying to fit you into a mold and fit you into a box. I mean, that's union politics all the way. You have to grab your sign and march in formation and chant your chant no matter what your individual view is. I mean, give me a break. What a, what a joke. So let's talk about the American birthright standards for a moment, because I've looked into them. And first of all, they don't supplant the state standards. They're sort of in addition to the state standards when it comes to social studies. And to me, this is really just pivoting back to a more traditional approach to civic education, as I've written before and discussed on this program. That's something that we absolutely need. And I say this as somebody who for seven years ran a civic education nonprofit that was in fifth grade classes teaching kids about the Constitution and American government. That's true. And actually, you know, you raise a, an interesting point um, that is kind of at the crux, the crossroads between school boards and the State Board of Education, because the State Board sets standards for accreditation. But the school boards control curriculum, learning materials, textbooks, all of that. And so there's always a bit of a tug of war between the state board and the local school boards um, that's set out in our Constitution. Where does the standard line, uh, where does that end and where does the curriculum line begin? And so what we've done is we are going to continue to make sure that our local schools are reflecting the values of the local community and the parents who choose where to send their children to school. But we're going to make sure also that we're fulfilling our obligations under the law. And we do that by meeting and exceeding state standards. American birthright standards helps us to do that. And I'll just note that it was a, what, four to th- or nine, or excuse me, the five to four vote, right? Wasn't, isn't that the breakdown of the school, State Board of Education? Aren't there nine people or was it eight? I think it's, was I it think eight? it's four to three. I okay. Seven, okay. But yeah, so I think seven. the vote was four to three. Uh, so you had the three Republicans vote for the American birthright standards and the four Democrats vote against it. And I mean, that's a political decision. I don't think anybody is surprised by that. One vote, a one vote difference in that regard. And yet they keep pointing and say, well, the state board of education rejected these standards. OK, it was a four to three vote. So they amp it up just a little bit too much, I would say. The other the other thing I do want to ask you about is the mental health services. As I've looked into it. It looks like what we're talking about much more is this thing called social-emotional learning, which should be more controversial than it is because it is not a genuine mental health strategy and and all about counselors in schools and so forth, but about what they're doing in the classroom that relates to things that I think are, are more of a distraction to education than actually valuable. What are we looking at with this so-called cut in a million dollars in funding for mental health? Well, we haven't cut a million dollars in funding for mental health. There's several grants that um, we weren't pursuing anymore, and there's different grants that we were pursuing instead. Um, We still have social and emotional learning. We still have mental health services. 
we're simply rebalancing the appropriate um, amount that you have of that. And we do have counselors in schools, and we have a new social-emotional learning program called uh, Capturing Kids' Hearts that focuses every month on a particular virtue. And, you, you know, you wouldn't be surprised if that's, that's taught differently at the elementary level than it is at the high school level. And we partner with a mental health uh, provider uh, to make sure that all of our kids' needs are being met. But the important thing is that parents are involved on that. And the old program is something that tries to cut the parent right out of the equation and allow children as young as 12 uh, to get diagnosed, referred, and treated in a manner that would prevent the parent from ever knowing what's happening. And that's what the unions want, but that's not what parents want. And we represent the parents here at the Woodland Park School District. And said, so, well, that's how we're going to continue to do it. You're just too reasonable in that regard. No, I mean, look, I, I would have some criticisms of how uh, some of the ways in which the district has conducted some things. They are not on American birthright standards. They are not on the mental health services angle. They are not on the, uh, you know, the, the mistreatment of, of teachers. I think there are other ways that, you know, there are some legitimate criticisms. Those are not anything there. And and to me, it, you're taking a much more reasonable approach. Now, I know David Illingworth, vice president of the school board in Woodland Park, which, by the way, I should have set the table that for those who don't know, Woodland Park is on Pikes Peak's north slope. So it is near Colorado Springs in its in its way, but it's in uh, uh, Pikes Peak's north slope in Taylor County. Um, you are running for election. You've got Mick Bates and Cassie Kimbrell also on the board running again as a, uh, for the school board. Um, talk to us about the dynamics there, the lay of the land and why folks should be supporting you. Well, we have um, three conservatives, uh, parents and grandparents, between myself, Kathy Kimbrell, and Mick Bates, who are running for re-election to the Woodland Park School Board. And we're up against three candidates who are supported by the teachers union. And so it's very much um, people who want to put parental rights, student needs, and growth of the school district as the priority versus people who want to turn back the clock, reverse the progress that we've made, and go back to the old ways of failure. And here's the record. I mean, here's the bottom line, Jimmy. Uh, in the Woodland Park School District, things have never been better. Uh, enrollment has grown for the first time in more than a decade. Top five enrollment growth for the whole state. Teacher pay has never been higher. Academics are performing and growing in the right direction. Services, security. We have armed guards in our schools because we put student safety, the safety of our staff and our visitors, that's among our highest priorities. So things are going great. The teachers union, to them, it's a crisis. It's not a crisis for children. It's not a crisis for parents. It's a crisis for the teachers union, which, you know, is a corrupt money laundering organization at the end of the day. And you, if you want to go to Cherry Creek and have things hidden from you about your child's gender issues and gender treatment, that's where you go. If you want to go someplace where your rights as a parent are protected or you have the right to know what is being taught and the right to have a say in it, you come to the Woodland Park School District, and you, you go ahead and you reelect mm. Dave Illingworth, Nick Bates, and Kathy Kimball to keep parents' rights first and foremost in your child's education. Where could folks go to learn more about you and your campaign, and do you have a, a way for the other candidates where you're all on the slate or something on the website, or how can folks follow and, and learn more? We each have our own websites. Mine is at www.helpdavesaveschools.com. That's helpdavesaveschools.com. 
And I believe Mick and Cassie's are at uh, electmickbates and electcassiekimbrell.com. Uh, and we're having a very exciting uh, rally on October 18th with Heidi Canal. So she's going to come to Woodland Park, and she's going to help us rally to save our schools. David Illingworth, really appreciate your time once again rejoining us here on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. Best of luck to you, and we'll talk again down the line on what's happening in Woodland Park. Thank you, Jimmy. God bless. Thank you. You as well. Once again, David Illingworth, Vice President of the Woodland Park School Board, joining us on the program. And I've been covering this throughout the course of the year. Good to get a follow-up, especially after this union event on Thursday, that, as it always is, was not quite as it seems in terms of who was there, union leadership putting it on and so forth. But the media gives its image that it chooses to present, and it is rather disingenuous to be sure. All right, we got to take a break. Been flying by, so much going on. When we come back, the man's here. We'll do our crossover with Peter Boyles, who's up from 9 to noon here on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show as we wrap things up on 710 KNUS. Grooving back with Bonnie Raitt. As we wrap up and wind down this edition of the Jimmy Sangenberger Show, News Talk 710 KNUS. Be sure to come on by if you can to Ophelia's Electric Soapbox on Friday night. I'll be sitting in for a couple of tunes with Tommy Castro and the Painkillers and a special guest, Deanna Bogart. That is going to be a blast. Uh, We interviewed Tommy for this morning's and the first hour. That was just a great show. Tommy and Deanna both joined us and really had a great time there. We will reflect on that as well next Saturday morning. Six to nine here on the Jimmy Sangenberger show. Of course, we've also been monitoring the news that came overnight here in the United States from Israel. Netanyahu saying we are at war as Hamas attacks in a surprise attack. Israel a day after Saudi Arabia news regarding Saudi Arabia's interest in brokering a deal with the United States or through the United States to have peace with Israel to normalize relations, and this happens. It has been praised by both Iran and Hezbollah. You better believe that Peter Boyles from 9 to noon will be talking about this breaking news and what's happening overseas in the Middle East. Another war between Israel and Palestinians. It's As I was, we were talking a little bit off air, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict It's complex. It's rooted in uh, nationalism, political, territorial, cultural, religious factions. Israelis and Palestinians both want the same thing. One side has a state. The other side does not. And it isn't – it's not the Sods. I disagree. The Sods are looking to become – for you to view them as a normal country – uh, Hamas or, and Hezbollah, it's not Hezbollah, it's Hezbollah, they're funded, of course, by the Iranians. They're Shia. And uh, they would love th- to see the Israeli, the state, disappear. But it isn't that simple. Well, I, I'm saying about the yeah. timing, and that's why Hezbollah has said, hey, the, this is a warning. You should not be normalizing with Israel. The Remember, the, remember Hezbollah is Shia. The Sauds are... Are, are, of course, are Sunnis, and they haven't liked. I mean, when when the Bushes were stupid enough to get rid of Saddam, that was the buffer. Mm. And just it's, notice it's the far time. What else yeah. you got coming up, Doctor Daddio? Uh, the radio is in my soul. Jimmy Walker, 
longtime Radio Denver legend. Beautiful. Daddy's in studio at at, uh, at, at ten o'clock. All right, Peter Boyle, him, nine Jim. to noon. Sounds like it's going to be another great show. We'll see you next Saturday morning with Gaging Intelligent Talk, saying style. Have a great rest of weekend, and as always, may God bless America. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.